Welcome to episode 927 of The Sleeper in the Bust. I'm Justin Mason, joined by Jason Collette. Jason, how you doing? Been better. I'm on the day-to-day list. Not not the COVID-related, but uh, went running. See, nothing mm-hmm. comes from hustling. Went yeah. running on Friday. I have a sore hip now. So I'm shutting it down for a week, trying to avoid the IL. As you said off-air, the most injury-prone fantasy analyst yeah. in the industry. Yeah, you are the Byron Buxton <laughs> of this industry, for sure. <laughs> uh, absolutely. I hope you feel better. Um, this is this is why I, I DH. I, I DH in, in the fantasy world. I don't don't try to play too much, so keep myself hey, go It's just like Buxton. I'm having probably one of the best fantasy years I've had. A, many of my teams are in the top three or top four right now, outside of, outside of my... Uh, uh, tout team, which is just decimated in injuries, but a lot of my teams are doing so well. It's like, wow, this is great. And now that I'm going to get hurt, watch the rest of my teams, it'll just precipitate, just <laughs> trickle down injury nomics. Well, let's uh, hope that doesn't happen because like, like to see you win a few leagues this year. Uh, I'm 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 all over the place. I'm in so many leagues. I've got some leagues I'm in first place, some leagues I'm in. 14th place, so uh, actually one league I'm in 15th place. All right, so I am. I thought you only in played 12 teamers. How the hell are you in 14th place? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wish. I'm in a I'm in a 30 team league where I'm in I'm in sixth oh, place right. right now. That yes. uh, it's been uh, uh, my team is is doing pretty well, so I'm I'm pretty happy with that. Uh, joining us today is a special guest. Uh, we have Eric Samoski from Rotoballer.com. Eric, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. I'm happy to be here. It's a it's a true like first time caller, long time listener type of situation. So well, I'm happy to be on. I'm happy to have you on. Uh, I got to uh, talk with you on the Friends of Fantasy Benefits podcast recently. I had such a good time. I was like, oh, I've got to book you for Sleeper in the Bus too because uh, that was awesome. So remind everybody where you can reach on social media and then plug everything you do. Sure. Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at Samsky NYC. Um, and usually on, on Twitter, I'm posting a lot of uh, video breakdowns, um, particularly like pitch mix video breakdowns, or I've been doing a lot of uh, breakdowns of some rookie debut starts as they're coming up. Um, and then you can find my work on uh, rotoballer.com. Um, I do a weekly catcher streamer article, which is out every Sunday, and then also just kind of some um, pitch mix stuff there and pitcher stuff there. And then the last, uh, I have a podcast called the catcher's corner um that's on you know spotify apple all those sort of places and also on rotoballer all right definitely follow eric all those places you can follow jason on twitter at jason collette me on twitter at justin mason fwfb and don't forget to join our patreon we're going to answer a question from our patreon in the mailbag section uh and that's where you get these those questions read from so if you want to hear jason and i or paul and i answer some questions Got to be uh, in the Discord, in the Patreon. So go over to patreon.com uh, backslash sleeper in the bust and uh, join up and join us. Uh, let's talk some news and notes before we get to that mailbag question and some fab. We, uh, we've got a few things that have happened since I last recorded, which was on Tuesday. Uh, so I wanted to cover a few things. Uh, first and foremost, Jared, uh, Jared Kalenic, um, he makes his MLB debut, goes 0 for 4 in his first uh, start. I mean, you know, the Indians were throwing uh, a no-hitter for quite a while in that game. Uh, comes out, hits a bomb uh, and two doubles in his second game, so kind of showing off a little bit of that talent. Eric, what are your thoughts on Kalenic for this season and then obviously moving on into the future because he is a huge prospect? Yeah, I was excited to – I it took until my, like, my last draft to get a share of him just because of how high he was going. Um, you know, I think the everybody knows the talent is real. I think, you know, he showed um, in that second game that there's some actual thump in that bat. And, you know, the double he hit to right field, too, was on a breaking ball away that he was still able to kind of drive into the gap. And then he had the wheels to leg it out. So, you know, listen, I think – you need to expect some bumps in the road for a rookie. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends the year hitting around 240, 250, but I think you're going to get some power and speed to go along with that. I don't see why you wouldn't get double digit home runs and steals. So, and he's going to, he's going to play. I don't think there's any reason why they're going to call him up, you know, just to kind of yo-yo him up and down. So he's going to be in the lineup. He's got great talent. He's hitting at the top of the lineup. Um, So, you know, I think if you, if you drafted him and you've been holding him, you may as well just set him in, the lineup until he, you know, starts slumping and then, you know, maybe he rides the bench for a week or two for you until he kind of gets it back going again. Jason, what are your thoughts in clinic? Uh, 
had a hat trick last night too. Um, and then uh, from watching the broadcast, his name's pronounced Kelnick. Uh, I, I know that a too. Silent, as a guy with a silent uh, e at the end of his name, I'm, I'm I'm looking out for him. And since you know this podcast is well known for its exact pronunciations of player names, mm-hmm. uh, I never put sure that out there. No. Uh, I agree with everything Eric said. I mean, it, he's going to be out there playing. It's it's the ups and downs of of a, a youngster learning at the major league level. I mean, you I mean he had to go down to AAA because he clearly wasn't ready. Uh, <laughs> and so, he, I mean, he but, but appears to have made all the adjustments. But I think this opening weekend series has been what what you could expect to see. Uh, you know, facing tough pitching doesn't get a hit. Uh, then faces the lesser pitcher and then has a multi-hit game and then gets a hat trick. So, it's, you know, it is what it is, uh, and that's usually what you expect. But it's it's nice that we get these kids up. And this is me as a, as a bitter fan watching Vidal Brujan and Wander Franco just put up video game numbers down in Durham while, while uh, the, the offense at the major league level continues to struggle, although they put up 12 runs yesterday out of nowhere. Uh, you know, I, I want this. Like, I can't take any more... Mike Brasso at bats. Thank goodness I don't have to deal with any more Yoshi Shisugo at bats. Uh, and Choi is back today. Uh, but, you know, these guys, I need these guys up. Uh, I just can't. And even Brett Phillips, I know he had a, a winning hit on Friday night. But it, it's been tough to watch the bottom of that lineup. Uh, and, uh, you know, outside of MVP candidate Mike Zanino this year. Um, it's It's been a weird, it's been a frustrating time for offense. But I love these teams that are calling up these kids and, and letting it ride. And, yeah, he's going to be up. He's going to play every day. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you guys. I think that there's definitely power and speed there. I think he's a legit 15-15 candidate, uh, maybe even more if he gets hot. Uh, I do think the average will be better than maybe you guys do, but there obviously can be struggles uh, for a young kid, first time facing major league pitching. Uh, but he's just he's extremely talented, and I think. And I'll add this. I was going to add this because you said the fifteen fifteen, and if, if you know in your head, if you were like, man, that seems like aggressive. Remember, this team likes to run. Yeah, uh, you absolutely. know, go look at Dylan Moore. Even when Dylan Moore wasn't hitting, they were still running. And by the way, Dylan Moore's hitting. Yeah, uh, you know, he finished. He finished uh, April, well, March, April with a one thirty two. He's hitting two forty four in May. Three home runs, six runs, eleven runs driven in, and he only has two steals. Um, but he's perfect two for two. He was five for six in, in March, April. But it, this team likes to run, and they mm-hmm. will put these guys in motion. Uh, and so that's that's one of the things I like about Seattle is that they let these guys do – they know they're trying to develop talent on this roster. They're, they're not here to, to win the AL West. They know that's unachievable. But there's nothing wrong with seeing what you got and letting these guys play and show their skills. Absolutely. And I, I – and I will say, you know, with that with that batting average, if you're thinking between 240 and 250, I mean, remember that the league batting average right now is 235. Yeah. So, you know, and I know obviously when it gets warmer in some of these hotter parks, you know, the balls are going to start to fly. We might see that average trickle up a little bit. But if you're penciling Kelnick in for a 250 average, you're still saying he's an above average major league hitter, which I think we can all agree he that he yeah. is. So there is just a little bit of some of that recalibration we have to do when we think of you know, batting average and offensive stats. Absolutely. And let's not forget, too, he's led off every game he's played so far this year. So it would shall have a lot of added value uh, for him as well. And the thing, when we look at, I was trying to look, the league-wide batting average is 235. Uh, and when we try to, when we remove non-pitchers, somehow the, you know, the National League, if you take out the pitchers, is 242. Uh, it's 236 at the American League. When you remove pitchers, uh, my, you know, my daily rant pitchers hitting is atrocious this year. <laughs> at one point it was down below hundred. Oh, it still is. It's at 097, 131, 128. That's, you know, you know, you NL fans who hate the DH, you know, God, God help you. I'm sorry. I mean, this is pathetic. 48% strikeout rate. I, my weekly rant, stop this crap. Hopefully this is the last year of this. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's talk about another Mariners prospect that made his <laughs> debut. Uh, that was Logan Gilbert. We all knew Klonik, or Kelnick was coming up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher that one over and over again. So I'll, I'll try to try to rewire my brain a little bit. Uh, yeah, but we all knew Kelnick was coming up. Uh, but then rumors started coming around that Logan Gilbert might come up too, which makes a lot of sense. They're past that. Uh, that hold down period where they can get the extra year of service time. Uh, he came up. His start had some moments of uh, goodness, and then it 
looked like a rookie pitcher kind of finding his way on the mound. So, Jason, what are your thoughts on Logan Gilbert for this year and then moving forward? So this this is actually my thought about all these rookie pitchers. Uh, you know, we, what we don't know is what they did last year at the alternate site or how much you know, I believe Gilbert was pitching at the alternate site last year. Uh, but it, it's even more so for the guys that didn't even work at the alternate site. So with with these guys, I honestly want little to nothing to do with these types of guys because we don't know how far they're going to be able to get into the season. I mean, he even, if you look back at, at 2019, he worked uh, 100 and, 133 innings. And then in 2020, we don't know what he did. Uh, and this year he's worked, he's had two starts. Uh, it's a triple A in the major league level. So he has total of nine, but we don't know what's going to happen. And with these guys, you know, with, with Kelnick and rookie hitters that are going to be on teams that are going to give them the opportunity, I'm fine to let it happen with pitchers. I'm less so because I just, if they're going to be up like this, I, I don't see Gilbert going in five, six innings. They're going to want to control his workload. Uh, and to me, I'm out uh, on these types of guys. Uh, so that I, I'm letting other people take the chance there. Uh, if it's a reliever, different story. I'll take my chance on the reliever, especially if there's opportunity for saves uh, or the strikeouts. But starting pitchers, that uh, prospects that barely got work last year, I'm I'm letting somebody else take that risk. What about you, Eric? Are you taking the risk on a guy like Logan Gilbert? I think if I'm, I mean, I agree with a lot of what Jason's saying. I think if I'm going to take a risk on anybody, it's a prospect like Gilbert. But I think it's it's hard for pitching prospects. I mean, Daniel Lynch is a good pitching prospect, and he got absolutely ambushed in his yep. call up in the major leagues. And you know, people are going to think that oh, he, you know, he maybe he's he's not that good. He was overhyped. He's a ve- he's a very good pitcher. He will be. It's just a it's a hard transition to make. Um, I think you know. Gilbert has um, a, a solid fastball. It's been his best graded pitch when he's been coming up in the minor leagues. But I think you saw that, you know, it it has a lot of ride. It doesn't have a lot of like horizontal movement. It's it and it was 96. And some of the major league hitters are are able to, you know, they're definitely able to catch up to that pitch. He kept it high up in the zone, which you like to see. Um, I like that he has a pair of interesting breaking balls. Um, you know, the slider I thought was actually pretty good at times. But he also hung one to Fran Mill Reyes. And it, um, I think what's interesting to me and why I would I would add Gilbert and hold him on your bench is that I think he has a deep enough arsenal of pitches that I think that he could be one of those guys who, you know, you're getting five or six innings in a good start. Um, and he had a he has a plus changeup, according to all the scouting reports, that he didn't even throw once in his first start. So, you know, maybe there's some room for improvement. I mean, I'm also the guy who has Shane McClanahan rostered in like every league that I'm in because I just watch him pitch and I'm thinking, how how do you not want this on your team? Because um, he hangs I'm sliders. Not, yeah, true. <laughs> um, and, and that's, you know, and to be fair, I'm not, I don't, I don't, I don't think Gilbert has that level of electric raw stuff, but I think he's worth, he's worth adding in, you know, 12 to 15 team leagues and at least holding on your bench to see how these first couple starts play out and what they're willing to do with him. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I think he, I think he's going to be a very good major league pitcher. Uh, and the question becomes, how good can he be this year? I don't know that he because he doesn't have the electric stuff. Like I don't think he's a guy that is going to be a quote unquote league winner. Um, but I, he's going to go for a ton in FAB this weekend. People are going to go crazy. He's like the first real major. Uh, pitching prospect to be brought up that we haven't seen at all uh, in the majors. Pe- you know, former first round pick. Uh, I think people are going to go triple digits on him, and I just can't do that. Uh, there just isn't enough upside. I do. I love the command. Uh, you know, control was great. Didn't walk a single batter in his outings. So I think he has you know some stability somewhat, but there's going to be ups and downs with a rookie pitcher. And I just don't think I want to spend the kind of money I think he's going to go for. I'll put in some cursory, you know, $30, $20 bids and stuff like that and see if I can sneak him through. But my guess is he's one of the big, uh, big paid for players this weekend. And that's not what I want to do with my money. Yeah. Uh, another guy who was called up a lesser known prospect is Will Craig. He's a Pittsburgh Pirates uh, first base prospects, uh, Con Moran hit the IL. He's shown some pretty decent power uh, at times in the minor leagues. Came up in his first game, hit a home run off uh, 
believe it was Anthony Descalfani, but I actually might have been a reliever. Um, he is looked like he's going to get a fair amount of playing time here in the short term. Uh, shout out to uh, my buddy uh, MLB Moving Average uh, and uh, and Zach Roto, uh, who you can both go follow on Twitter if you want, uh, because uh, they were on this guy uh, earlier this off season as as a guy to like put on DCs and stuff. Uh, there's going to be a, a fair amount of swing and miss, but I think he's an interesting prospect, especially if you're missing a guy like CJ Cron. Eric, any thoughts on Will Craig? Yeah, I mean, I think you, I think you hit the nail on the head. You're, you're adding him if you need power. I mean, you know, 20 home runs in 2018, 23 in 2019. To Jason's point, you know, he played all of, of 2019 at AAA, so we know he's. We don't have to worry about what did he do at the alternate site last year. Um, you know, we know he's played a full season at the highest level of the minors and did relatively well. I mean, you know, even there, he had a 26% strikeout rate. That's not egregious. Um, so, you know, I think he's like right now, now he's sitting at 58%. That's obviously just through his three games in the majors. I don't think he has, you know, Bobby Dalbeck type swing and miss in his game. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's a, who knows what type of RBI opportunities are going to be there. It's not a really great lineup top to bottom. Um, so I think if you're in, in deeper leagues, sure, why not? Because I think if he's if he's got that kind of power and he's going to be in the lineup. Um, in 12 teams, I would just, you know, add him to the watch list, keep an eye on him, see what happens and see if he sticks, you know, when Moran comes back. Because I don't get the feeling that Colin Moran was out for an incredibly long time. I know he's already resumed some light activities, so... I mean, who really knows what that means? But if Craig isn't hitting well in these next two weeks, he may be going back down. Jason, what are your thoughts on Craig? Uh, I mean, swing and miss, as you said, there's there's going to be a lot of swing and miss in this game. And yeah, that's there. I mean, I'm looking at the what he's done already in, in 2021. He's faced 44 pitches. He has swung at 25 of them. He's come up empty 11. Uh, he's chased nine of them out of the zone. Uh, so that's, that's what we're dealing with there. But at, at the same point, if you're looking for offense, like I'm looking at my, my home NL only league and I'm dying for offense. Yeah. I'm going to put a bid on him because I, I need, I need to plug somebody in a lineup. Uh, when I look at, when I look at my standings, I'm imbalanced towards pitching shocker. Uh, and so I need to, uh, to, to find somebody to plug into my lineup. I just lost Corey Seager in that, in that league. And not that, not that Craig qualifies at shortstop, but it's like, I just lost a good bat for a couple of weeks. That sucks. Uh, and I, I've got to find some, I've got to find some offense. So yeah, I'll be bidding on them. I'm not going to turn my nose up, but I understand you know, I got to, uh, you know, lower expectations or just, you know, it is what it is. He's going to strike out, but if he can get me some home runs, that's, that's what I need right now. Speaking of Corey Seager, like you said, he just fractured his hand. He's going to be out maybe until August. Uh, so that, that's a huge bummer for people who kind of invested in, Seager, the Dodgers go out and sign Albert Pujols, uh, which is surprising. I thought Pujols' career was likely done at this point, but I'm assuming considering one of the reasons he left uh, the Angels is that he wasn't getting enough playing time that the Dodgers at least expressed that they would play him a fair amount. They also traded for Yoshi Tsugo, uh, like you mentioned, Jason, so... Uh, the Dodgers are kind of a mess right now uh, in the in their lineup. Jason, what are you making of all of this? Uh, are there guys that you're now targeting uh, with the Dodgers in Fab because guys like Matt Beatty are getting time? There's someone on this team named Luke Rayleigh uh, <laughs> that apparently is getting time. Uh, is there anybody that you're actually targeting in leagues? Uh, or are you kind of avoiding what looks like going to be a heavy platoon with these openings? That's the thing. I mean, I'm guessing they're – and this is why, honestly, I can't figure it out because Susugo looked absolutely lost. He cannot hit velocity at all. The only pitcher he can hit is a guy that works in the bottom third of the strike zone, but he cannot lay off the pitches in the upper third and the middle. And, and teams were just overmatching him. And this isn't just a 2021 thing. This goes back to last year, too. And if people make mistakes – he can put a, a thump into it, but it is, you know, he worked with a new hitting coach in the offseason. It just hasn't all come together. I'm just surprised that 
the Dodgers were like, you know what? We'll take a chance on this versus anything else we have in the farm. I mean, I know they lost uh, Rios for the year uh, and whatnot, but I'm just surprised that this is what they what they were doing. So as you try to put together, like, where are they going to put a lineup? I guess both these guys are going to ride the bench because it's not like you're going to sit. Mu- I mean, they, they can only play first base. I mean, Susugo, air quotes, can kind of play third base, can kind of stand in the outfield. But Pools is a one position dude. Uh, and so I guess he's going to be a bat off the bench. I just don't know what they're going to try to do unless they're like, hey, Muncie, go play right field so we can play pool holes at first base I, I and sit and sit rightly. I don't know. Uh, but no thanks. Yeah, this this begs the question if like Cody Ballinger is going to be out for much or a lot longer than uh, we initially expected. I thought we he would be back a little bit sooner than he has been so far. Eric, what are you making of this whole kind of Dodgers mess? Well, I was actually just going to say the I mean Dodgers Twitter is going crazy over videos of Cody Ballinger running in the outfield. Um, so, I mean, you know, I know Dave Roberts said he was running about 60%. He posted some video to his Instagram account where he's actually running like, you know, shuttle sprints, uh, which looked to be a little bit more than 60%. I mean, you know, I think anytime you're running and cutting when you're talking about a fracture in your leg, that's a good sign. Um, so, you know, maybe he's, maybe he's coming back in a couple of weeks. I would imagine that's still a rehab stint. Um, I'm with Jason. I'm, I'm off on, on these two guys. I think, you know, I still see Matt Beatty on a lot of waiver wires. Um, so I would much rather be adding there. I mean, he's been hitting, you know, consistently kind of like in the, like from like two to six, two to seven in their lineup. Um, you know, left-handed hitter can play the outfield, can slot in at first base. So even if Bellinger comes back, I think he can remain in the, in the lineup. Um, and then I actually, you know, we'll see what happens as it plays out, but I, I kind of liked, uh, Sheldon noisy when he was with the A's. Um, and now he's, you know, there wasn't a lot of playing time with him for him in, um, you know, in LA, but you know, he can, he can slot to second. Um, you know, they can kind of move Muncie to first, they can move some things around a little bit. I think this just makes Chris Taylor the everyday shortstop, um, which means that there's, you know, some movement that can be had. So I would look at the younger guys on the bench, you know, the DJ Peters and Sheldon Noisy types rather than the Pujols and Satsugos. I mean, I definitely think it helps out Gavin Lux too, kind of cementing some playing time there. And he's been playing fairly regularly uh, in spite of his struggles. So uh, as a Gavin Lux <laughs> owner in a lot of leagues, I, I'd like to see him get going. A little bit, but I agree. I think Matt Beatty definitely will get a fair amount of playing time, and he is available on way too many waiver wires, including 15 team leagues. So definitely check your wire, and he's uh, he's been hitting you know decently high up in that lineup. So and it, even with all the injuries, it's still a decent lineup or still a very good lineup. So uh, let's uh, the last piece of news I want to talk about is Carson Kelly. Uh, he breaks his toes, uh, breaks his toe. Uh, which is a, a bummer because uh, he'd been hitting really well this season. Uh, the question I think becomes is who's the guy that's going to get the majority of the playing time. Uh, they've brought up Dalton Varsho, but they've said they want him to focus on one position in the outfield, which makes a lot of sense. But if he were to play enough catcher to get 10 games this season, he would have eligibility next year, which is interesting for keeper and dynasty league. So Eric, what are your thoughts on the Carson Kelly breaking toe situation, how long do you think he might be out for? Uh, and then who's the guy to pick up? Is it is it Voight? Is it uh, Dalton Varsho? Yeah, it's interesting that you brought up that they said they wanted Varsho to play one position, which was the outfield, and then they and then they let him catch, um, which is confu- which is confusing. Um, you know, in you know in uh, in TGFBI um, in your fifteen team NFBC two catcher, I put in a bid for vote. Uh, you know, he's. He's hitting 211 this year, but he has a 228 ISO. Um, he's a left-handed hitter, um, and you know he's uh, he's been hitting in the middle of that lineup when he gets in there. He's shown some some solid power, nothing crazy. But I think that he's the better defensive catcher of the two right now. I mean, that's kind of the knock on Varsho is that he's not a great defender behind the dish. And I think that. At this point in the season, where you know you're not totally looking to next year, and you know the Diamondbacks have been a little bit more surprisingly competitive than people thought. Um, I think that Vogt's going to get more of the playing time. And, 
you know, toe injuries are tough for a catcher. I mean, you are uh, you are you have a lot of weight in your toes when you're squatting. I mean, you are up on that side on the foot the whole time. So, you know, if you can't do that for nine innings, I don't think that they're going to put you in the game. And that doesn't even factor in the idea of just like of hitting. Right. And whether it's the plant foot or the put the pivot foot. So I think, you know, you expect to see Kelly gone for a few weeks here. Um, I, I'm not running out and adding vote in anything other than two catcher leagues um and i say that with all love for him because he's an ex-teammate and a friend of mine um but i, I would add him in a, in two catchers and then varsho listen he he can hit so if he's going to be more if he's going to be in the lineup more, more often um you know maybe one or two catcher starts a week and then a couple in the outfield i think he's worth adding um in some formats Jason, what are your thoughts on this whole situation? Uh, it impacts me because in one of my leagues, uh, I have Kelly. Uh, and so when I look at – and this is kind of where uh, – when I look at the available catcher pool, and this is a 15-team league. Yeah, 15-team league. This is the available catcher pool. Vote, Castro, Pena, Collins, Perez, who's hurt, Jonah Heim, Andrew Knapp, Nottingham, Barnes, Murphy. It's like – it's almost vote by default. Uh, and, I mean, Castro because he plays in a good offense. I mean, those really the the top two for a reason. Maybe even uh, a dart throw on Jake Rogers. Uh, but if I were to focus, like say, if we were NL only, I think you just got to ride with Boat. I think he'll get the uh, majority of the time uh, with it. But as Eric said, no limitations there with him. Yeah, this this is a huge bummer for for Carson Kelly and uh, the one team I've got him on is a team I'm already struggling with injuries uh, enough already. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm bummed, but I think in most 15 team leagues, if you don't have an IL spot, you may be in a position where you need to drop, uh, uh, Kelly. Uh, I mean, I like Dalton Varsho from an offensive standpoint. My biggest issue with him is I don't think he's a catcher. Uh, you know, I've talked about that. I've got a source within the Diamondbacks organization that says he's not very bright, uh, and not a very hard worker. So, uh, they, the majority of the organization did not think he's a catcher. I would not be surprised if they brought up someone like Brian Holiday, who's sitting on the minor league roster and is 35. So uh, to kind of be the backup guy to keep uh, Varsha out in the outfield, I think votes the guy who's going to get the majority of the playing time in deeper format. Or watch them because the, the Rays just DFA'd Kevin Smith uh, to bring back yep, the heel. Watch a, them pull mm-hmm. a trade and go get Kevin Smith uh, and, and try to go that route. Yeah, as I they, would, yeah, so the so. Rays keep doing that. You know, they traded Hunter Strickland. They just flipped uh, Satsugo. So I'm, I'm wondering if if that's the next play for them. I will also say if if people are in Jason's boat too, where you just lost a guy in a 15 uh, 15 catcher league, I'm kind of looking at maybe not for this week, but in the future, um, Reese McGuire um, also yeah. as an option there. I, Danny Jansen is not cutting it um and you know kirk has an oblique injury that's you know relatively severe i think that's going to be months so you know mcguire we've you know we everybody knows his interesting parking lot backstory but but he can hit um so maybe he winds up taking that spot right the majority of that spot all right uh all right let's move on to our question in uh, fr- from the Discord again, you can get into the Discord by joining the Patreon over on patreon.com uh, backslash sleeper in the bus. Uh, the question is I'm seeing, seeing Hang Zhang Yang added uh, or added ra- rates rising across all platforms. Uh, are you guys buying in? Uh, I'll go first on this one. Um, I- I'm not. And I, I honestly don't know a whole lot about the 33 year old reliever from, I believe, Korea. Yeah. So, uh, honestly, I, I don't know enough about him to really have a super informed position, but I don't think he's necessarily destined for a high leverage role. Eric, do you have any thoughts on Yang? Yeah, actually, I, I covered, uh, KBO DFS for Rotoballer when we were when, when I, I I played yeah. it. God, um, I'm gonna it shut was, up because I know nothing. <laughs> it was playing. It was rough because you know the game started like 4 a.m. Eastern time, so you'd set a lineup and then you know you'd find out that three of the guys just weren't starting that night. Um, 
Listen, see, he, it was he, it was beautiful for me oh, yeah, because yeah. I don't go to bed until like three or <laughs> four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, so I, I was able to actually set my lineup and, and be pretty profitable. You have the advantage. <laughs> um, listen, he—I mean, he is—he was a good pitcher in Korea. I mean, you know, he won their equivalent of like the Cy Young Award um, within his career. There, he gets by on deception and control, which is you know kind of the you know a little bit of the mo for pitchers that come over from the KBO. Um, so with that said though I'm I'm not I'm not buying in. I mean I think he's got a he's got a really good changeup and he's shown that over his two starts. Um you know the fastball is not going to get whiffs at the major league level. It sits below 90. The slider is fine, but it's not like the hard breaking slider that we see across major league baseball. It's a little more of that kind of like uh looping pitch that is not going to be um, a big swing and miss pitch. It might get some like soft rollover ground balls and things like that. So you're, you're looking at a guy who is not going to get a lot of strikeouts, who's going to rely on soft contact. And there are going to be games where, you know, he's just working inside and outside against over aggressive hitters and he'll have an okay stat line, but not give you a lot of strikeouts. And there are going to be games where he gets clobbered. So to me, there's just not the upside, um, for me to roster that outside of like an AO only league. If you're in an AO only league, sure. If he's going to get starts, you know, anybody with a, with a pulse who can, you know, put up an okay, okay ratios is worth it, but I wouldn't be adding in mixed leagues. All right. I'll, I'll let, I'll let that be the definitive word yeah. on Yang. Uh, because Jason and I are, are, are not really in, uh, in tune with what he is. So, uh, let's, uh, let's talk some fabs. So, I uh, went over to, uh, I think it was CBS and looked at some of their more recently added guys, uh, and kind of pulled a list. So most of these guys are going to be available in 10 and 12 team leagues. A few will be available in 15 team leagues. Let's start with Robbie Grossman. Robbie Grossman started off really atrociously but it started to come around as of late and the one thing you are getting from him which is a difficult thing to get in general in fantasy uh are stolen bases uh so eric what are your thoughts on robbie grossman as a guy uh, to pick up this week yeah i like it i mean i think you kind of hit the nail on the head where it's just he's hitting at the top of the lineup he's going to steal bases he's going to score runs and he's going to stay in that lineup so there's nothing sexy about it it's not like a guy that you're going to, you know, be jumping up and down, you know, posting to Twitter the screenshots of your fab bid win. But, like, he's going to be useful for your team. Um, you know, he's going to steal. He's going to score. I think he's a he's a pretty solid hitter. We saw the improvements he made with the A's. I think that's, you know, carrying over. So, uh, you know, I love, I love him as, you know, one of the last outfielders you slot into your lineup and just kind of get, you know, a solid floor. Maybe not that ceiling, but a solid floor. Jason, what are your thoughts on Yeah, Grossman? I mean, I like him because, as you guys said, I mean, he's hit leadoff, and they just left him up there. Uh, and he's, he's in there the, like the last seven days. He's been hitting leadoff. Uh, they're giving him the opportunity to run because that team desperately needs to generate offense. You know, there's a, there's a, you'd look up and down through that lineup. You're like, man, when are you going to start hitting? Looking at you, Willie Castro. Looking at you, Jonathan Scope. You know, these guys uh, and Jaimar Condelario, Miguel Cabrera. I mean, they, they're, they're just trying to put together offense. Uh, and when you look at even some down some of the bottom, like Jacoby Jones has been hitting better of late, but he's been hitting eight because I mean, that's the thing with Grossman. He wants to get on base and steal second so he can get in the scoring position uh, because there's not a lot of movement. There's a lot of swing and miss in that lineup that doesn't move uh, move the guys around. So I like I really like Grossman coming into the season for everything that's happening now for him and figure bad team. He's going to play a lot. They're going to leave him at the top of the lineup, and I thought he was a really good value coming into this, uh, coming in uh, during draft season. And if you just exercise that patience that uh, through the early struggles, then you're being rewarded now. I mean, I know he was a fab pickup in my uh, my OC or no, my TGFBI. He was a fab pickup, and the guy was really excited about it. And I was like, man, I could have used that. I just kind of missed that he was he was there. I mean, I, I had a bench. I could have used a bench spot for it, uh, but kind of whiffed on it, regretting it. Yeah, this is one of the things I've been really preaching a lot this year is keeping track of the people that were dropped early on in the season um, and, and, and who was being dropped in your leagues because he started off brutally. But if you look over those last two weeks, he's hitting 341, uh, two home runs, three stolen bases, leading off for the Tigers. Not the best lineup, but leading off is still uh, uh, pretty valuable. 
uh, in this day and age. And yeah, I mean, he should be on pretty much every roster. And, and I agree with Eric. Like, he's not a high ceiling guy. You're not, he's not going to be a guy you look at the end of the year and go, Oh, this guy won me my league, but he's a glue guy. And, uh, he's, you know, especially the addition of the stolen bases, seven stolen bases already this season. Uh, and I mean, this is not a guy that we'd necessarily thought of as a speedster, especially in Oakland. Uh, career high is what nine stolen bases twice. So he's definitely going to eclipse that. The Tigers are running a lot more than I expected them to. So, uh, I like Robbie Grossman a lot. I've already got him on a lot of teams, and if he is available in any of my leagues, I would be swooping him. Let's uh, let's talk about the next guy. That's Brandon Crawford, who's been on a little bit of a heater. Usually, we do Rays corner. We're going to do some Giants corner today because they're all they're they're Rays. playing. Yeah, they're they're playing like a lot of a uh, uh, great or a lot. They're playing like one of the best teams in baseball, and, and the record shows that. Uh, Crawford's been hot as of late. Is he a guy you'd be willing to pick up right now, Jason? Yeah, it would be. I mean, I, honestly, I think the Giants are one of the best stories in baseball right now because we had just looked at them and said, eh. But, you know, they're getting some rather nice production from their overall run. And it was one of the things I looked at earlier this week, you know, a lot of people bemoan the fact that Major League Baseball is becoming a three-true outcome sport, right? The Giants lead the league in three-two outcome percentages. Lead the league, yet they had the best record in the National League. When I looked at the stat, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday. So, but the difference is, yeah, they, you know, strikeout, walk, or home run. But they're also, you know, they're also moving the but They're getting a lot of walks. You look up and down that roster, and it's just loaded with double-digit walk rates. And so, yeah, they're going to get their strikeouts, and they're working counts, and that 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 just frustrates the the opposing pitcher because then that brings the bullpen. So, like. It's a unique path that they've taken on, and if you're trying to, you know, you match up your pitchers against him, you're like, oh, great. Uh, like if you're in a quality start league, you need to go six. That maybe it's going to be tough to do just because of how much, how many walks this this team earns as a whole. But yeah, I like Crawford because again, he's going to be in that lineup. Um, and the fact that he's, he gets on base at a decent clip. I mean, three twenty eight. You used to turn your nose up at, but as Eric hinted at earlier, I think the league wide OBP right now is about three eighteen. So he's actually slightly above league average in there, and his two forty five batting average is better than a league batting average. So you, you got to look at these numbers in context, and that's why you look at is uh, WRC plus and he's 132 uh, you know, along those lines. So yeah, I, if he's still out there, I want to want to leverage him and use his abilities to compile. He's not going to excel in any one area, um, but he's tied for the team league and RBIs. Yeah, I mean he's in for a ton of power. He's already got nine home runs. Uh, I mean this is a guy who's only broken 15 home runs once in his career. Is Balco so, back there? Uh, is it Balco 2.0? I'm I'm okay with it as long as they're not getting popped yeah, for as it. As long as the so. trash cans, right? I mean, but it's like you got Posey with eight, Crawford with nine, Belt with eight, uh, Ruff with five in a platoon situation, right? It's like mm -hmm. they they've got guys that are hitting the ball. I mean, the Posey's a big surprise. I mean, he's having a monster year, and he was a dollar yeah. catcher everywhere, everywhere, yep. and he's having a monster offensive year. Um, and you know, maybe he's the linchpin to everything because you look down the. If you were if you went old school and just focused on batting average, you look at the rest of this lineup, you're like, oh, gross. But this is a great example of just go look at the OBP of the rest of this club and look how they're putting together their runs. Posey 449, Ruff 394, Belt 360, Longoria 344, Solano 333, Duggar 333, Crawford is eighth with a 328. It's like they just get dudes on base, get them on base and have timely yep. hitting. And they're and they're doing that right now. Eric, what are your thoughts on Crawford? Yeah, I think we do this dance pretty much every year with him, too, because he always goes on some hot stretches where you're like, oh, you know, this is a, a good bat with a little bit of pop. You know, he will, you know, we talked about he winds up between 10 and 15 home runs, but he he goes on these runs where you're like, okay, I'm getting more offense from him than I am from, you know, the like Elvis Andreses or, you know, Andrelton Simmonses of the world. And, you know, I, I think he's he's seeing the ball well right now. I mean, as, J as Jason pointed out, you know, the double digit walk rate, uh, that's the highest for him since 2014. His O swing is down. So he's, he's chasing a little bit less. Um, you know, so I I'm totally content to ride this out. I mean, I think we also need to keep in mind a little bit of the schedule. I mean, he hit two, he hit two home runs last week when they were in Colorado, he hit two home runs this week against a pretty mediocre pirates staff. So, you know, I mean, he also hit one this week off Musgrove. So, you know, 
Um, that's not like the, all of his home runs are against subpar pitching. But, you know, I think you, you keep him on the uh, on your roster and you ride it out. And there, if there goes into a lull, you make a move. But right now, I think he's hitting well enough and hitting fifth or sixth in that lineup pretty much every day. So there are RBI opportunities. So, yeah, I don't see any reason why you'd run from this. Yeah, my, my biggest fear with a guy like this is that you've, you've already seen his best work on the waiver wire. Um, and, I mean, he to your point... Uh, he's crushing it on the road. He's hitting like 270 on the road, and I think 209 uh, at home. Uh, though, I mean, his home runs are fairly evenly split. I uh, believe he's got five away, or oh, yeah, five home runs on the road and, and four home runs at home. He's going to play every day. He's still a very, very good defensive player. He's, you know, one of the few Giants players that's never really at risk uh, for a platoon. And that has value, especially in deeper leagues. I think in 10 and 12 team leagues, unless you're like in a real dire situation and there's not much on the waiver wire, uh, you you probably just gonna avoid this. But in 15 team leagues, he should be he should be rostered in in every one of those kind of deeper formats. Uh, his teammate Brandon Belt, again another guy who is uh, hitting the ball really hard. This one feels a little bit like Charlie Brown trying to kick the football because. I think just about everybody in the industry, including myself, even though I've been a, a Brandon Belt detractor uh, the majority of the time he's been uh, in the majors, has fallen for this, right? They, he, he gets hot, he's healthy, uh, all of a sudden you're picking him up and, and thinking this is the breakout, and it just never happens. Uh, you know, he's been in the league since 2011. He has never had a 20 home run season. He already has eight home runs through 37 games uh, played. Eric, is this the year that Brand Belt finally has the breakout? Yes. Um, it, I, I'm, <laughs> yes. I'm, a little, I'm actually a little bit. Uh, this one makes me sad because I, you know, in just kind of digging into some stats in the offseason, um, a lot of things were telling me that, you know, Brandon Belt's season last year wasn't just a short season mirage. There were some actual swing changes. And there, obviously, you know, we know that, you know, there were some changes to the field dynamics in San Francisco with no fans. But, you know, I was thinking that Belt would be a great corner infielder type. Um, and then he had the foot injury and then he was late in spring and then he was going to get a late start to the season. And he kind of just fell and fell and fell and fell and fell. And I, I wound up, you know, not having many shares of him anywhere. But, you know, I think that there's um, there was some correction in the in the launch angle last year i mean he was a guy in 2018 and 19 who went way up you know we're talking 23 24 degrees um we kind of adjusted to that a little bit he started barreling way more i mean 16.8 percent last year 20.3 percent this year so even if you're adjusting for the new ball and you go down from 20.3 percent to like 14 percent barrel rate 15 percent barrel rate that's by far and away the best of his career. He has a 54% pull percentage right now. Um, he's never, he's only had, he's never been above 40. He's been at like 40.4, 40.7. So, I mean, those things are, are interesting and I think they help you hit for more power, right? Hitting the ball harder, pulling the ball more enables more power potential. So yeah, I'm, I'm buying in. I was in on belt before I'm, I'm in on him now. I mean, you know, I, I don't think you're, expecting some 30 home run pop in your starting first baseman, but throw him in your corner infield spot right now. Jason, are you buying into Brandon? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really tough not to, when you look at some of the, some of the stuff he's doing this year. I mean, he has a 20% barrel rate right now, and that's a top 2%. He's 98th percentile in that. Uh, and then when you look at chase rate, top 10 percentile walk rate fifth like he's he's very disciplined in what he's going after yeah he's still got some swing and miss in this game he's got you can't make contact with everything uh and so he's you know but he's he's being extremely selective in what he's trying to go get but when he's making the contact he's hitting the crap out of it uh and as other things in san francisco as we've alluded to san francisco is no longer the pitcher's park and if you have enough power to get it out to the deeper part of the park um it works for you so yeah i'm on board i mean this could be a this you know, that kind of power breakout guys tend to have uh, discipline hitters will have in their mid uh, their mid 30s. This has the look and feel of that where a guy has his first 30 home run season out of nowhere. There's enough pointing in the right direction saying this is legit. And if he's becoming this kind of a discipline hitter and you look at the trends, it's like, oh, I've been here before. 
But you, like, you go to a Savant page in his last 50, his last 100, his last 250 plate appearances, everything is trending upwards. Uh, and it's getting better of late. He got off to the slow start, as Eric said, but it's like everything's trending in the right direction. Uh, and he's going to play most days. Every now and then he may sit on, on a tough lefty. But to me, I'm riding this out. Again, the batting, especially in OVP League, but you know, batting average is what it is. That's never going to be great. But 30 home runs doesn't come cheap, especially this year. Yeah, and I mean, he's hitting like cleanup in <laughs> what is a surprisingly good lineup. Uh, you know, no one's more pleasantly surprised than I am because I did not think the Giants were going to be very good this year. Uh, and right now they're they're leading the division and, and one of the best teams in baseball. So, uh, I mean, here's the thing with, you know, I want do want to talk about the swing change because the swing change actually happened in 2019. Uh, and we saw the kind of the beginning of a breakout. I think it was early in the season. Uh, and then while he played a lot of games, he was dealing with a lot of nagging injuries. He had a back issue. I think there was a hip issue at one point where he just, you know, wasn't able to kind of unlock the power that that uh, swing change uh, kind of brought. So uh, he was able to do it last year, was healthy. Uh, I think the shortened season really helped him. And I think the shortened season really helped uh, a few of these Giants players. You know, we talked about, you know, Buster Posey having a, a monster year. Uh, well, I think it's because he was able to get healthy taking the year off last year. You know, a guy like Brandon Belt, a guy like Evan Longoria, not <laughs> having to play 162 games makes him them healthier for this year, though Longoria has struggled a little bit as of late. I do tend to buy this. The My biggest issue with Brandon Belt uh, is the health. Is At some point, I, I just, I'm just kind of waiting for the wheels to fall off. Uh, he's a guy who's dealt with uh, multiple concussion issues. Uh, back issues, the uh, foot issues. I mean, there's just a plethora of things that have plagued Brent Bell over the course of his career. And he's like 33, 34 years old at this point. So uh, I, I'm I'm very interested to kind of ride into the wheels fall off. And I think he should probably be rostered, uh, especially in, in deeper leagues. But I can also understand people not want, you know, it's harder to roster a guy that's super injury prone in a deeper league because the, the waiver right replacement uh, is just not there often. So uh, definitely a guy that I think should be rostered in every 15-team league and probably most 12s as well. All right, let's uh, let's talk about uh, Luis Garcia. Uh, he's the most added pitcher right now over on CBS. Um, Jason, what are your thoughts on Garcia? Is he a guy you would pick up? Right uh, I did uh, in my at TGFBI. He was, I picked him up. He had a nice, really nice two-start week this week. Uh, and you just had to go with, and that's really when you looked at it. I think he was the most actively picked up guy just because of that two start week. Uh, it was it was just too good to pass up. And I forgot if he got the win. I know he got it yesterday. I think he got no decision uh, on the on the first outing this week because the bullpen blew it late, if I recall. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, that's but right. Yeah. I mean, keep him keep him in the lineup because we know what the Astros. I mean, they're getting the they're providing run support uh, every now and then. They'll put up a stinker, but. You know, they hit. Uh, they're a tough lineup because they just don't strike out. Uh, you may look at their overall team strikeout rate. And I think it's just below 20 percent, but they are clearly the toughest team in the league to strike out uh, this year. And so the, they can they can really put a hurting on your pitcher. So, yeah, Garcia has, has been a great pickup. I'm glad I got him uh, for that two start week and he's going to stay on my team for the foreseeable future. What about you, Eric? Are you grabbing Luis Garcia off a waiver? Yes, 100% also. And I think his next start is against Texas, which also Boy. makes me um, <laughs> makes me happy. I mean, you know, his his slider is a legit pitch. He also has a good cutter. He's got a – if you just look at the leaderboards real quick, you know, he's got a 31.8% CSW on a 13.9% swinging strike rate. He has a 374 deserved ERA. I mean – He's a, he's a good pitcher, and I think he's gotten bit by, like, one bad inning in a couple of these starts. Uh, the first start this week, um, he, you know, they let him go into the sixth inning, and he let up both of his runs, or all three of his runs in the sixth inning. It was just a little bit of pushing it too far. Um, I will say I think you need to be ready to cut in a couple of weeks because, you know, Odorizzi's coming back at some point. Framber Valdez is set to, you know, face hitters and get a rehab assignment. So I think when the, the Astros start to get those guys back, we may see him in more of like a spot start, long relief role, something like that. But I think as long as he's in the rotation, he deserves to be on fantasy rosters. Well, and that could work itself out, right, one way or another. I mean, they've got... 
you know, both those guys coming back from injury, but they also they also have Lance McCullers who never stays healthy. Yeah. That's just a, that's just a dig at Jason. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but uh, whatever. Yeah, I, I, I like. He was great this he's, week. He's going today. He was fantastic. He's been he's been very very good. Uh, and actually, he was my my uh, number one recommended play uh, in, in DFS for the day. The so. It's just the walks, man. It really is. Yeah, or is it, that's still there, and that's still he's actually worse than ever right now. <laughs> Uh, but I agree with you guys. I, I like Garcia quite a bit. I think he's, uh, the, you know, the one disappointing thing or concerning thing a little bit to me is they're not letting him go very deep into games, which kind of limits some of his win potential. But if he continues to pitch the way he has been recently, he'll be able to get two five innings and kind of secure your win. But if you're in a quality start league, he's not getting a quality start. He's not gone six innings uh, yet this season. Uh, but I do, while, while I agree with uh, Eric in terms of, you know, they've got guys coming back and that could hurt his ability to stay in the rotation, uh, there's so much injury risk in this rotation that I, I think he'll figure out a way to stay in it. Or maybe they even move to a six-man to try to limit some of their kind of heavy hitters uh, from uh, piling up too many innings in, in kind of this, uh, you know, first year back from the shortened season. Uh, Josh Rojas was another one of these guys like... Uh, Robbie Grossman that really struggled out of the gate and got dropped in a fair amount of leagues. Raised in hand. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and he has been uh, he has been absolutely on fire uh, since then. Uh, he's currently hitting 283, 356, 500 with five home runs, two stolen bases, and considering he was below the Mendoza line through the first three weeks of the season, that's saying uh, uh, quite a bit. Uh, Eric, what are your thoughts on Josh Rojas? Is he a guy that should be picked up in all leagues? Yeah, and I was one of the guys that dropped him, and I'm uh, I'm kicking. I, I'm the guy who been picking who picked him up um, after dropped. I'm him. kicking myself. I mean, he was one of my last picks in TGFBI, and I was super excited. And then you know, this is one of those just like you know a lesson we we have to teach ourselves every single year. Um, there, he was struggling, and I moved too quick. I mean, you know, you're talking about how scorching hot he is, and then you try to look at like, is it you know, realistic is it, you know, I look at one of the biggest things, especially early in the season, um, he's dropped his O swing from 28% last year to 19% this year. He's just not chasing pitches out of the zone. Um, his swing rate overall has dropped, but he basically is being more selective. He's hitting better pitches, um, which has allowed the average to creep up a little bit. Um, I'm surprised there's only two stolen bases right now. I, I kind of thought we'd have a little bit more. Um, but, you know, listen, two's nothing to, to laugh at. And I think, you know, as he's getting on base more, we may still get to double digits there. But I like the plate discipline. I like his spot in the lineup. I think you can't really say anything bad about the the hot bat right now. And I don't. And as you pointed out, like, you know, there are some injuries on, on that team. And I don't see any reason why he's not why he's coming out of the lineup. So I ride with him for sure right now. One of the reasons he's not uh, stealing as many bases because he's hitting a lot of extra bases. Yeah, he can't really steal holes that often. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Poor third. So, yeah, he, he does have a 500 slugging percentage right now. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he's absolutely crushing it right now. So I think the stolen bases will come. He's not going to stay this hot, but uh, I, I think the stolen bases are, are going to be a huge part of his profile. And, and yeah, I mean, if he's available in any leagues, he's multi-positional eligible. He's playing all over the place. I mean, just in the last four games he's played second left short right field they're just moving him all around letting him play everywhere which is great uh for fantasy jason what are your thoughts on robots uh, and i i want to i'd want him back now to be fair i did drop him to get jed lowry after jed lowry they played two games so it's not like i just like cut him for nothing i had to go back and look i'm like all right what did i do so at least it was a, a good swap out but yeah rojas looks legit uh, with everything, he looks he looks much more like the guy that we saw. We were all freaking about in March. Like Eric, you know, I got him. I think I got him in the twenty fifth round. I was like, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, uh, when we were doing TGFBI, so um, yeah, I wish I still had him. Uh, when I'm looking at my bench, going, let's see, I'm carrying Jared Duran, Justin Upton as two of my and Wilson Contreras because I took a third catcher just because the. Uh, Tucker Bar Higashioka was playing in Baltimore. He had a sweet matchup. So I'm like, I'm going to try a 
dart throw on that, and he just didn't really do much this week. Uh, so I'll be cutting him to find something else. But yeah, I especially the the eligibility to be able to move Rojas around the lineup is just really nice right now. Just with <laughs> I gotta go, this guy's going down with COVID situation, or this guy's got broken. Is like we're seeing a lot of injuries, and just to have somebody even hanging out on your bench that you can move around and do something with is just nice. All right, uh, Adolis Garcia was a guy that. Uh, we talked about on the Sunday show for Fab a few weeks ago because he had a hot start to the season. He's continued that hot start. So hopefully you picked him up when we talked about him a few, a few, a few weeks ago. But he was still under 50% rostered uh, until this week. And now he's starting to move over that. But still available in like 31% of, uh, of CBS leagues and probably more of that in ESPN and Yahoo. So if you're in shallower formats, 10, 12 team leagues, Check your waiver wire to see if Adolis Garcia is there because he is crushing it. 10 home runs, 3 stolen bases, 297, 339, 585 slug. Jason, I mean, obviously this is probably unsustainable, but how interested would you be in grabbing Adolis Garcia if you saw him? Very. I mean, he's got, and he's hitting the ball to all fields. It's not like it's all pull power. You go look at his spray chart and he said home runs to. Just about everywhere except on the right field pole. Uh, it's about the only place he has it. And he's going to um, – we laughed earlier about uh, Garcia matchup against Texas. Uh, you know, Garcia and Calhoun are two guys that are just really fun to watch hit uh, in, in Atlanta, but not much else in Texas. But, yeah, but Garcia, when he goes up there, he's not looking to take a walk. That's the, I mean, that is not in his profile. He wants to hit it, and when he's hitting it, he's making excellent contact, whether he's in the top 7% of the league on barrel percentage, um, hard hit rate, top 6%. So when he's putting in the play, he's he's hitting it hard uh, and it's showing in the, in the numbers. So if somehow he was still out there, yeah, absolutely, just take it. Because, again, he's going to play every day. There, there's nothing in Texas that's going to keep him on the bench. Eric, are you picking up a Garcia? Yeah, for sure. And just, you know, I, I echo everything Jason said about, about the power and the lineup spot. And I will also just add that, you know, 2017, 18, and 19 in the minor leagues, he stole double-digit bases. Texas is fourth in the major leagues right now in terms of stolen bases per game. He has three. Um, I think he could I think he could easily get to 10 by the end of the year. So, again, we're talking about needing, you know, steals being hard to come by. I don't see any reason why... You know, he's not a 20-10, 25-10 kind of guy if he stays in the lineup. He could easily be a 30 yeah, guy. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, I mean, yeah, this is, I mean, if he's available in any format, you have to be picking him up. I mean, I do think that there is going to be, so you know, a huge crash in batting average. He does swing and miss uh, quite a bit, but... Like you guys said, I mean, there's no reason for them not to play, <laughs> like, uh, and and probably try to flip him to maybe even a better team at the deadline. I mean, he's 28 years old, uh, so I mean he's not necessarily going to be part of the next great Rangers team. Uh, but either way, like, I mean he he's been extremely impressive. There's a ton of power in this bat, uh, and there definitely is some some sneaky speed. So, uh, yeah, I we 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 talked about picking him up a few weeks ago, and hopefully. Uh, You've done that at this point, but if he's still available, go grab him. All right, let's uh, let's talk about uh, Matt Beatty. We did actually we already talked about Matt Beatty, but anybody have any last thoughts on Matt Beatty uh, since we already talked about him in the uh, the Corey Seager kind of news? No, list. I have him. I have him in that NL league where I lost Seager, so it it works out. I picked him up a few weeks ago uh, on something, so at least I have him. Uh, but. Yeah, not, nothing else to add other than I'm already I'm glad I was a little ahead of the game on that for my own my own needs. Yep. All right. Well, then let's finish out with uh, Bobby Dahlbeck. Bobby Dahlbeck, another one of these guys uh, that people got really excited about uh, in spring and was just absolutely atrocious to start the season. He's been hotter as of late, and therefore he's being picked back up again. Eric, would you pick up Bobby Dahlbeck? I would. Um, and I would just pick him up understanding that the same things we've said with a lot of these guys, he's a flawed player with some swing and miss in his game. Um, you know, earlier this week, I, I did an article for uh, Roto Baller. I looked at uh, Alex Chamberlain's pitch leaderboard and looked at the blast percentage. And he's, you know, split up basically what he calls weak barrels from blasts. And blasts are basically barrels with like the best possible barrels. And Bobby Dahlbeck is among the leaders of blast percentage or blast rate right now. Um, and basically what that says is, you know, even though we know he has some swing and miss when he makes contact, it's generally 
good contact. He has a lot of power in that bat, and we've started to see it play out a little bit this week. Um, you know, he's gone on a little bit of a heater. Uh, he has hits in his last three games. Um, he has home runs in two of his last three games. So these are the kind of ups and downs that you're going to get with him. Um, I will say that, you know, he was he debuted with like a 40 plus K percentage, you know, last year and um, and then was showing that early this year. Um, I think, you know, he that was always going to come down. Um, you know, he's adjusted at, at levels um, in the minor league. So I think he was always going to bring that down closer to the 30 percent it's at right now. Um, and that's not that's not good. But I mean, you know, he's going to hit some home runs. He's going to get RBI opportunities hitting even eighth in a good lineup. So, yeah, run him out there uh, while he's while he's riding hot. Understand that the batting average is going to be low. But you're looking at a 220 batting average when the league average is 235, which doesn't tank you the way that it would have in in years past. Jason, what are your thoughts on Dahlbeck? So it's it's been a bit of a weird run. It's so like over the last three weeks. I mean, the the, the heater has like absolutely been this week. And over the last three weeks, he's hitting 169 with a 210 OBP. But then you then you drill up and say, okay, show me what he's done here since Mother's Day. Uh, and since Mother's Day, 353, 389, 882. All right. Hello, Baltimore pitching. Yeah, Baltimore pitching absolutely helped him out. Uh, the Angels, uh, and he had a one game against Oakland. So, like, he he's had some really nice matchups, but this heater has been right now. And and Baltimore, facing Baltimore, has been a big part of that heater. And I actually have to go back to the seventh to include Baltimore because they had the four-game set against Baltimore, two for four, one for five, one for four, 0 oh for three, two for four against Oakland, one for three against the Angels, and two for four last night. Uh, but, he, but he's had three of the home runs uh, around that run. So enjoying some Fenway time and Baltimore pitching. Uh, I have I was a dollback detractor just because of the massive amount of swing and miss uh, that's in his game uh, and the fact that he hits down at the bottom of the lineup. Uh, so I'm not, you know, you missed this, and I don't know if, if we're going to be able to get back into it, but I'm willing to let somebody else take this chance. Yeah, you know what's going to happen today is he's going to hit two home runs. Um, and it, it's because he's going up against a lefty. He does all his damage against lefties. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean that you go, go the Oakland, the yeah, Oakland go game look over. was Sean Manaya. So yeah. Yep. And the, in the, uh, one he hit against the angels was against Tony Watson. Oh, there you go. Um, so he's hitting 359 versus left-handed pitching this year. Three of his four home runs, uh, come against left-handed pitching this year. He is going to be a short side masher. Now, he can do damage against righties when bad pitches are left there. We saw him hit a pretty nice double off of Dylan Bundy. Uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, it, it's this is a guy that he's going to mash lefties. and He's going to swing and miss so much. If you can't take the ups and downs and you don't have something on your roster to offset it, because he's he's going to struggle quite a bit, but then the goodness is going to be great, uh, then you've got you to take him off your roster. But if you... If you're okay, if you're one of those people that can just kind of set it and forget it and you see a bunch of lefties coming up, yeah, Dahlbuck is a guy that uh, is is worth rostering. I prefer him in DFS. I see the Red Sox playing a lefty, and I go, okay, Bobby Dahlbeck's on my team because he's still like, really, really cheap. Like today. Uh, and, yeah, exactly. Today's a great example. It was you know him, Michael Chavez, uh, Hunter Renfro were all I kinds put Chavis of guys. I, rostered I didn't do Dahlbeck. should have done that, but I put Chavis in there. I, yeah, I, will, I mean, I will say, you know, I think I think you're totally right. And I, when I even when I'm saying I'm in on on Dahlbeck, I'm not going out and spending a boatload of money on Fab right now. Um, I think that he is a guy who, depending on your roster construction, as you mentioned, can be helpful to you if you need power. I think he, you know, is not a typical eight hitter in the sense that there's more RBI opportunities in that lineup for an eight hitter than there would be if mm-hmm. you're, you know, San Francisco, Pittsburgh, whatever. Um, he's running hot right now. And then now they're going and playing three games in Dunedin, um, which, as we've talked about, you know, a lot this year is basically just Coors Field in Florida with the way that the ball's flying out of that park. Yep. Um, and then they go and they get a series against the the Phillies, who have an okay rotation, but not a particularly great rotation when you go beyond Aaron Nola. So I, I'm not saying that this is a guy you're going to throw on your roster and just kind of like 
enjoy the whole rest of the season. But, you know, if you're riding a hot bat going into matchups against the Blue Jays and the Phillies, you know, I'm I'm willing to throw a low bid on that and see if I need power um, and see if, if that can continue for another week. If I don't need home runs and RBIs, I don't need to run out and get Dahlbeck because that's what he's going to bring for me. And if I don't need it, then it's just going to be a you know downgrade on runs and batting average and things like that. He's the perfect guy, at least for this week, for NFBC, right? Because we have those Friday switches because the Phillies are all right-handed. Uh, and the Blue Jays are pretty much all left-handed except for Ross Stripling. So, like, you can you can start with pretty good confidence at the beginning of the week against the Blue Jays, and then it might want to sit him for the, the last half. But, uh, you know, I mean, if, if you're playing in a straight weekly league, then probably roll him out there and hope to just get a bunch of home runs early in the week, and, and then uh, that'll make up for probably a letdown in the second half. That is going to do it for this episode. Eric, thank you for joining us. Thanks, guys. I had a blast. Definitely. Remind everybody where you reach on social media and then plug all you do. Yeah, so you can find me on, on Twitter at SamskyNYC, um, and you can follow me there for all video breakdowns that I do, uh, pitch mix breakdowns, and then you can read my work on rotoballer.com. Uh, I have a catcher streamer article out this out this morning. Uh, so if you are in a position where you need catching, uh, go check that out. And Jason, where can we reach? And what are you working on? Uh, let's see. I could be reached to Jason Collette. Uh, uh, on Collette Calls column at Rotowire this week was about pitching workload. Uh, Cleveland, Oakland, and Philly are kind of out there right now uh, on the forefront of their start. Their starting pitchers working what I'm calling high games of 100 or more pitches uh, in a game. Conversely, Toronto has yet to have a pitcher go 100 games or 100 uh, pitches in a game. So I, I ran that out and looked at some of these guys. Like uh, you know, I'm especially with Oakland with the concerns that they, with the injuries that that their rotation has historically had. And you know, Manaya's out there working, uh, getting a heavy workload early on. Uh, and, and the fact that they only use three relievers, it's like every game I'm watching Oakland's winning. It's like here comes Petit, here comes Trevino, here comes Deakman. It's like those three guys are about it. Uh, and so they've been using these starters. And I, I mentioned a history lesson on the XM show yesterday talking about the 80 Oakland A's. If nobody's ever gone back and looked at how Billy Martin managed that team. And like uh, I think everybody had 20 plus complete games. And then all of their arms fell off the next year. That's Mike Norris. And uh, oh man, I've drawn blank on some of the other. But it's worth going. Go to BREF and go pull up that 1980 Oakland roster and look at it. And just like, wow, um, it's 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 nuts what what that team did. Uh, so I, I took a look at that and then, uh, next week, uh, no me, uh, I am going to progressive field and taking out a game there for the first time. Uh, and I get home and nice. if everything, if everything works out well, uh, you know, I would be, I'd be back on the ground at 1130 in the morning. So I'd be cutting it close. So I'm just giving you a heads up. No me next week. Uh, so obviously the show will be much better for everybody else. And, uh, <laughs> but I'm going to Cleveland, uh, on Saturday to watch the, uh, Cleveland take on the ever struggling Minnesota Twins. My goodness, yeah, we talked about the Giants being the story of the year. The Twins maybe the other direction. Well, we do have a guest next week, all set up. So, uh, no you, but uh, Eric Cross from Fantrax nice. will be joining me. Maybe they'll bring in a, a second guest. That'll we'll work. Uh, cool. But uh, you can reach me on Twitter at Justin Mason FWFB. You can. Uh, read my work over on Fangraphs, uh, Friends of Fantasy Benefits, and Fantasy Alarm. Uh, you can hear me on this podcast, the Friends of Fantasy Benefits podcast, and the TGFBI podcast. Uh, and yeah, that is about it. Uh, so for Jason, Eric, and myself, thank you for listening. Have a fantastic baseball season. Mm-hmm.